Looking for a guiding hand in your Amazon business? Wizards of Ecom Academy is here for you. Our personalized support system includes unlimited email access to myself and my entire team to help you overcome challenges and strategize effectively. Sign up for an exclusive rate at wizardsofecom.com slash academy. Your personal e-commerce coach awaits. Welcome to the Wizards of Ecom, your no-fluff playbook for online success. Each episode is fully packed with actionable tactics you can implement in your business right now. Take your life to a higher level and excel in your online success. It's time to work on you and your business. Let's do this. Hey there, Wizards, and welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. This is Noemi, your host. Today I have on none other than Yael Kabili. She is the co-founder of Fortunate, a leading investment banking firm focusing on the sale of premium e-commerce businesses. She's an also super experienced intellectual property and e-commerce attorney with 17 plus years of experience. She's the founder of Kabili and Co. And a well-known e-commerce law firm that represented over 6,000 sellers worldwide since 2016. Yeah, welcome back to the show. <laughs> thank you. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So today's topic is going to be how to prepare your business to sell and not only how to prepare it to sell, but how to prepare it the right way to sell. And since you are the expert in this topic, I hope that what we can achieve during these 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, let's see, of recording is to ensure that we can share with our audience the right way to think whenever they want to sell their business and maybe mistakes that you see along the way that are very often happening and you can point them out and maybe help our audience how not to make them. So without further ado, please walk me through the process. We should be the right mindset of someone who is starting in mind with, I am an e-commerce seller, I am preparing my brand to sell, which would be the best steps to take in this scenario. Okay, so we're talking about a brand that's uh, already um, in the seven figure and preparing to sell in the next six months we're talking about or uh, in the next year. What did you have in mind mm, in terms that's of time? A great question. And also, like before recording, she was saying, I'm a attorney. I know how to ask the right questions and she does. Yeah, that's a really, <laughs> really good question. Uh, let's say that you probably did not even thought of selling the business, but the opportunity just came as it happened last year and two years ago, like so, yeah. so many businesses were sold. Like, let's say in that scenario, maybe you were not even prepared, but now everything is there. Someone is yeah. interested about it. Yes. Yes. So uh, it's true. Actually, a lot of sellers, you know, didn't really think about it. And then they get this email to their inbox. Uh, we are this and that aggregator. Uh, we're, we saw your brand. We were very impressed and we want to buy your business. Uh, of course, many of these emails are kind of automatic. They go to all the kind of uh, seven-figure uh, brands. Uh, but uh, but generally speaking, this this you know when you get such an email, you you start asking yourself and you start exploring the topic. So a lot of the conversation we're having is actually following those uh, those emails. Um, when you want to sell the business, there are several things that I think you should ask yourself. First of all. Uh, what is my target uh, valuation? Like, what's the target price? How much money do I want to take home? Bottom line, right? I know how much money I make every year. I know my profit every year. So let's say 
I don't know, you're a $5 million uh, revenue seller, uh, and then you have a profit of $1 million every year. Uh, would you be okay with uh, 4 $5 million uh, as, as an exit? Would you want a $10 million exit? Uh, do you have a dream of $20 million exit? So the first thing you have to ask yourself is, is what is your goal, okay? Once you, you set your goal, uh, you start uh, evaluating and having discussions to understand how far you are from this goal. So for example, um, if I'm, uh, I have, uh, in our example, I have 5 million revenue, 1, one million uh, in, in annual profit. Um, I wanna get to the, to the four, $5 million um, if I start speaking with investment banks uh, or brokers, I'll probably realize I'm very, very close to to that goal. Okay, so um, so the first I think step is is a timeline, a setting a timeline, setting expectations, setting a goal, um, and even and if it's in a year or two. Okay, so let's say uh, my goal is ten million dollar. Um, and for that, I probably need, you know, around, uh, I don't know, $2 million uh, profit uh, annually or a little less uh, or a little more, depending on the on the brand. Then uh, then I, you know, I start uh, I start thinking how long does it take me to to uh, like make, a, you know, make a plan and understand how long does it take me to get to those sales? So the so I th- so the first time step is the timeline, the when. Okay. Uh, now, uh, when you know where where your business is, you also need to understand where the market is. Um, so I would say always be in touch with people who are around the M and A and who are dealing with deals um, to start familiarize with with those people with the industry, and they'll tell you where the industry is. So, for example, I can tell you that that the, the aggregator industry. Um, Two years ago in 2021 was in a different place than it is today. Okay. So the multiples offered um, on some businesses, we see, uh, you know, really the difference between uh, 5X to 3X in, in some, you know, and the, the 7X is becoming 5X with, you know, with aggregators. Um, so start to understand where you are right now. Where is the market? Is there a market? Is the market uh, stable? Is the market growing? Is the market declining? Um, to see where you are and make sure you sell uh, at the right time to the right uh, to the right buyers. Okay. So um, another example: if you you came now uh, with uh, let's say I don't know a fifteen million business. Uh, with three, four million uh, EBITDA or you know annual profit, um, and you sell uh, I don't know specific toys, uh, we would probably tell you that your buyer uh, is these days would be a strategic buyer uh, or a private equity firms. Um, so not necessarily an aggregator, although they are aggregators uh, in the space, and they may you may end up selling to one of the aggregator if if the offer uh, makes sense. Um, so, you know, think about the, the kind of uh, timeline, understand what is the market, um, try to understand, start understanding who would be your buyers and where do you want to be, um, start learning and, and educating yourself. Okay. So these are kind of the first step. Love it. So they're like starting educating yourself. You were just mentioning a few acronyms that probably if you have not thought of 
selling your business, you would not know them, right? So yes. which are the most important things to learn when it comes to yeah. educating yourself? Yes. Um, so uh, the your revenue, most most sellers know the you know the annual revenue. You can you can use one of the uh, the you know the software that tell you what is your profit and what is you know your revenue. Um, the uh, EBITDA is you know the, the your your annual profit. Um, there's the term EBITDA, SD. Start familiarize yourself with you know with these terms to understand what exactly it is. In our industry, uh, the e-commerce industry, for several years, we've been using the seller discretionary earning, SDE, okay, seller discretionary earnings. Um, and that means basically the, the kind of net profit with addbacks. So you take the net profit and you add back to the um to the profit, you add the your your salary. So that's not an expense that you that you know, that you count um, and you add additional expenses that the buyer won't have. For example, if you have, I don't know, rent uh, offices, um, things like that, uh, one time, one time uh, expense like trademarks, patent, things like that um, would be added back. These days, it's a little different. Uh, we're uh, back to the more traditional terms of, uh, of EBITDA. Uh, which is, you know, which is basically the, you know, the regular, uh, regular uh, profit that you see in, in, you know, in any kind of uh, businesses. Uh, so start understanding where you are. Again, there are those soft software that would tell you. Um, I can name them, but uh, you know, mo most of the sellers have uh, are already using them. It's important to to keep track of them. So know every month where you are. Um, you know, I speak with, with many sellers every day um, and I'm always very surprised to see, a, you know, a 10, 15 million seller that um, doesn't exactly know what, what the margins are. Uh, and they, you know, they often know the overall business, but they don't necessarily know uh, each product if it's losing or if it's profitable and how much. Um, and and very often when you show them, uh, they would discontinue some of uh, of of those products. So when you have many products and it's a large business, it's very important to stay on you know top of the numbers and understand where you are. Hundred percent. And I love that you share that. You know, most of the time, I, I also like I'm part of uh, of the Wizards of Ecom community, and there are like hundreds of sellers. And as you were saying, sometimes even when we start the business, like very very small business i mean six figure it's not very small if you're coming from nothing but yes. when you started the business i was already okay i have to do that i have to do taxes i have to do that that, 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 that. and we have the bookkeeping like agents and everything like it's lined up you know and like people yes. who are looking way way more like double triple the amount yeah, that yeah, did, yeah, yeah. they're like well i don't know my numbers i don't know <laughs> you know like like not to criticize that but to acknowledge that that is also one of the situations as you were mentioning what would be or why do you think that is what is creating that yes i mean uh the 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 general uh confusion there i mean there's there's a confusion when when you talk about the profit mostly because uh you know when you have many skus and uh, and your cost of uh, like shipping and the cost of uh, of the cost of goods and shipping get mingled together, and your PPC is spread over several products. 
um, it's not always easy to understand uh, each product where it is. So it's easier to understand the overall, uh, but getting to the numbers, if you're not a numbers person, um, it's not that easy. Uh, so uh, so I can tell you that. I, I actually find that the smaller sellers are uh, are more on top of it than uh, than the larger, older, uh, you know, veteran mm-hmm. sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's a good question. I think, I think it depends of, uh, what type of seller you are. You, you may be very, very creative, a very good manager, but not necessarily on the number side. I can tell you that, you know, even me in my business, I, I, it took me some time to understand what I'm good at and what I'm not, uh, and, and delegate to other people who, you know, who just do it much better. 100%. Yeah. All right. So then the takeaway is delegation, or at least start hiring a bookkeeper. And then that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. Love yes. it. Love it. So, uh, uh, by the way, a bookkeeper yeah. is not always the is not always the answer. Uh, very yeah. often you have a bookkeeper, but but then they keep the number, they see the number and you don't follow the number. So if that happens, you didn't solve the problem. <laughs> 100% love it, love the addition. So getting back to that, as, as you were saying, like most of the time as we were talking about, let's say you are at seven figures, let's say you might consider selling, let's say you did all the steps that you were just mentioning that, hey, I kind of know that my target goal is 10 million, I'm at, let's say 8 million. What is next? What if you don't have the bookkeeper? What is like, you know, because once that you actually see the numbers and understand the numbers, also you can become more realistic of whatever is happening in your business. And also you can like not be your job, draw drop moment that like what you're offering only that for my business, you know? So Uh what will be the next step there? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think for me, the next step, uh, once you have, your goal uh you know where you are you know how much time it takes to to get there you also want to know uh what's missing to get there um so i can tell you we you know again we speak with many businesses um and when we look at a business and we see that the you know that the margins are around uh, 12% okay so you have a goal uh, and what's keeping you from getting to the goal is that most buyers won't buy a business with 11, 12 percent uh, profit margins. Um, so you have the goal of a number, you have the goal of actually exiting and finding a buyer. Um, and then you know that you have to improve those margins. Uh, this situation is what we see in, the, I don't know, like seven out of uh, 10, 10 sellers. Uh, most of them are uh, are struggling with the margins these days. Um, and what we try to do is to show them um, like a kind of mirror, show them, listen, on the PPC, you are, uh, I mean, you are okay if you compare yourself to others, but your cost of goods are, are very high, okay? Or, uh, you know, if we look at... Uh, I don't know, your uh, software uh, uh, expenses, or if you look at the shipping or anything else, we can kind of tell you where you are compared to other typical businesses. um, And then you can understand where the problem is. In most cases, um, the you would see the problem in the in the cost of goods and advertising uh, expenses. Um, so in most cases, you could probably optimize your PPC uh, and and try to lower your uh, your your cost or increase the price if you can. 
Um, that's also something we, you know, we're very surprised. Sometimes we see someone who never, you know, didn't change the price for three years. Um, so, uh, so I, I guess the next step is is you know get into the the details of your of your business, um, understand what you have to improve dur- during the time you know that you wait for for your exit, um, and and make sure that uh, you improve the the business on this side. I think this is the most uh, difficult task that uh, sellers have. Um, um, the, you know, the, the margins, uh, have become, especially now with the Amazon's fees increasing, uh, with the PPC costs that have increased in 2022, uh, um, on all fronts. Um, I think this is the, this is the most challenging part. And, um, we often try to direct sellers to, you know, to professionals who could, could help them guide them on, on, you know, on these parts. Um, Yeah. Mm, got it. So just getting back to what you were saying, 14%, 50% or more, actually, is that the EBITDA that you're looking for? Or is that? Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, the EBITDA, even the SDE, uh, when, uh, when, when you look at, uh, when you look at the business, when buyers look at the business, if it has 10% profit, okay, and then and you're an aggregator, you buy the business, you often have actually more expenses than uh, than that seller that was sitting alone uh, in, you know, at home in Texas and, and selling those products, um, then, you know, you, t- you, you take a risk, you, you, it is a risk. Um, so, so, you know, tomorrow, the, the shipping costs will raise again, and, and you have no profit. Uh, so, um, so that's why buyers, you know, to kind of take, uh, take into consideration the, the, the risk, they, they try to take businesses with 25%, 20% margins, um, to, you know, to leave room for, for error. Um, so, uh, so, so that's something that we see. And, and, and I think that this is, if you see businesses that went to market and were not sold eventually, um, some of them it's because of the margins, other because of a general decline in the business. That's the most. That's the typical reason where that it's not it's not sold. Um, so um, so yeah. So we you know we we always try to focus the seller uh, to to the right way. First, show show them the benchmark. They you know most sellers don't necessarily know where where they stand uh, unless they speak with the. With sellers uh, around them, like in your group, and 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 kind of uh, discuss it. Most sellers are actually with themselves and uh, in the room behind a computer, so they don't necessarily know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I believe that this industry is like it's so interesting because, long story short, the way how I fell in love with Amazon and thought that Amazon is the way. It's exactly as you were saying. <laughs> It's just me, like working from home. No one knows me. No one like, and I'm yes. selling a lot of products, you know. And that mindset and then concept, it's great. But once that, as you were saying, okay, this is actually a real business. It makes money. And as you were saying, investors such as yourself considering buying these businesses, then it becomes a different game. It's not anymore me, the you know the yeah. bigger face behind of whatever. But it's like yeah. this is a real business. So. Um, getting yeah. back to getting back to the question why do people are not really like seeing this as a business they don't have maybe their books in order and so on probably that is also a reason why it's because yeah. hey i did just started this you know it's like just boom. yeah but it's not you know it's not only the book The you're right the the whole mindset of uh 
building a sellable business. It's something that, you know, two, three years ago, I, I, I don't know where, when you started, but uh, in, in like, if in 2016, everybody was doing, you know, we sellers were buying reviews, like everything was, <laughs> was loose. You could, you could put any, I don't know, any pen on Amazon and, and this was, would sell. Uh, I think that um, today there are, there are many things to take into account on whatever you could do two, three years ago, you can't do today. And I'll give, I'll give maybe several examples. Um, uh, when, uh, you know, Review manipulation. Okay, let let let's let's talk about that for a second and putting my lawyer hat for a second. If Amazon uh, talked about it, then we should as well, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Adam, <laughs> Amazon talks about it, and and that has become like the the main thing in the in the last uh, two years. Uh, buyers are very concerned with uh, with review manipulation. They they always check that that it's like the the center of the due diligence that they do on the businesses. Now uh, you're growing a business now that you want to sell. Um, if you include inserts that uh, tell the seller uh, the the buyer please please leave a five stars review or you know something that have the five stars without writing that or did you like it leave us a review and you see a five or something like that um, then effectively what you're doing is that you'll probably go fa grow faster but then you take into account that you may be suspended for review manipulation now if you are suspended and you never want to sell your business Maybe it's worth it, you know. You grow very fast. You get to uh, to a nice revenue, and when you're suspended the first time, I can tell you, like we we have, I don't know, at the law firm, we have like ninety eight percent success rate on those. Uh, but uh, when you're suspended the second time, uh, the chances to be reinstated are very low. Very, you know, very often it's like the final word. Um, so now you're a buyer. And uh, comes to you uh, a seller uh, that you know Naomi comes to you with uh, with a business that's amazing, but she was suspended for review manipulation six months ago. Would you buy it? I mean, if I, if if I make one mistake, yeah. okay, one mistake for review manipulation, I'm suspended forever because the first strike you know was already there. Um, so. So I think that you now, Naomi, when when you have a new brand, you think about that. Like you know that nobody will buy, or maybe very few uh, buyers will buy your business if you were in if the account was suspended before. Um, so before you put that insert, you're gonna think twice. Um, so these are things that in the past nobody will think was thinking about that. And since 2020, 2021, like the uh, M and A, uh, uh, you know, craziness in their industry. Uh, that's something that many think of, and you know, and there are other, by the way, legal uh, considerations that you you have to think about if you want to exit. Mm -hmm. But I, I love that you mentioned that. You know, like it's funny that we're talking about this topic, and this topic for most sellers seems so minuscule, you know, because <laughs> it's really, yeah. you know, but you just pointed out something really, really interesting. It's like putting yourself in the shoes of your buyer. If like, how much risk are you willing to take up that you're going to delegate to someone else, quote unquote, to, to the person who's going to buy your business, you know? Yes. And sometimes I, I do feel that uh, there is like a certain risk level that everyone would take. Some of their more risk averse, some not, but yeah. At the end, it's really your business. So you're playing around with your business and with your yeah. possible exits. So this is why I would highly suggest, as you were saying, 
look that is one thing you can get away with it faster but if you're caught you know yeah. and that's for me is like if you're caught are you willing to risk it you know so and yeah this, I mean, this is not only this but it can be many things sorry please continue yeah yeah it's caught by by amazon of course uh but uh but but you sh and you should also take into account that your buyer will know what you've done because you have to declare everything that you yeah. you've done you actually want to declare everything that you that you've done because you have representations there and if they found out that you've you know you were suspended and you didn't say uh or you know something like that you could be sued and that by the way happened a couple of times um mm. not not to us of course but uh but you know generally in the industry so um so um yes absolutely you have to you know, you have to think about it and and consider the option that you'll get caught by Amazon. And if that happens, understand what are the consequences. By the way, there are sellers that would still tell me, I know that, I'm aware of that. I'm still doing that because, you know, because I grow three times faster when, when I'm doing that. And I take the risk uh, that maybe it's a business I will never be able to sell, but I'm making money during that time. And, you know, fair enough is... Again, this that's Amazon's terms of service. It's not it's not a crime. Okay, so you've put a five stars. It's you know you're it, it's it's Amazon's terms of service again. Yeah. Um. So um. So yeah. Hundred percent. Are there any mistakes like common mistakes besides it that you see newbies making when? Uh... Yes. Uh. Not necessarily newbies because we don't we don't deal so much with with newbies because they don't sell the business at the first uh, stages. But but I guess uh, advanced sellers making mistakes absolutely. So the the actually the due diligence. Um. If you look at generally in the industry, I estimate that less than 30% of the businesses pass the due diligence. What is due diligence? Um, a, a due is diligence, good question. Uh, a due diligence is, you know, when you sell your business, um, uh, at the beginning, you, you sign a kind of a term sheet, a letter of intent, like a, a kind of understanding that this is the deal, that's the multiple you're going to get, that's the valuation of your business, and um, pending that they check your business. Okay. So uh, you sign a, a first um, understanding and then they start checking. So the buyer would go into your account. They would look at past suspension. They would look at past losses. They would look at your trademarks. They would look at your patent. They would look at anything, you know, legal um, that goes under this business to make sure that they won't have any, you know, surprises. Okay. So that's what, you know, we call a due diligence. Mm -hmm. um, that takes two months about two mm -hmm. months yeah so uh, you sign the, the the letter of intent and then there's a period of about two months where they go through you know all your documents and bank accounts and make sure that the numbers you presented are right and you're not hiding anything um, and then you know you sign the final contract and then you transfer the 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 account that's kind of the the uh, typical uh, the the typical uh, process um, so the due diligence, many sellers don't pass it. And the reason they don't pass the due diligence is because, um, for example, you have you filed for a trademark uh, in, when, you know, everybody told you uh, a private label business needs to have a trademark. So you filed a trademark in the U.S. for your first product. OK, so your, uh, I don't know, your phone tower uh, was your first product. You filed a trademark. Uh uh, Naomi stars, 
for uh, phone covers, okay, class nine. And then after 10 months, you started selling deodorants, okay, class three, uh, still under Naomi Stars. So you thought it's the same name. So you don't file for another mm -hmm. trademarks in another category, but you should because you're not protected. You're protected for phone covers only. Uh, so if there's a hijacker that wants to sell the deodorant, they actually can jump on your listing and there's nothing you can do to, to remove that hijacker. Uh, buyers don't like that. Buyers are, you know, very afraid of hijackers and, and situation where, uh, where you're not protected. Um, and they, you know, and, and very often if, if your deodorants in that example were, I don't know, 80% of the sales, um, and only the 20% of the phone covers are, are covered, they won't proceed with the deal very often. So, um, so that's a common mistake that we see filing a trademark only for the first product and not thinking about further, pro further you know, products. Um, another mistake would be the, those inserts. Um, I can tell you that when at Fortunate, when we start uh, a process with with a sale, we often start like a year before the sale. So uh, we prepare a long time in advance to to be at the right time and make sure that they pass the due diligence. Um, so uh, we actually look at uh, at their inserts. We look at past suspensions, um, and we would tell you you should change this and that so that you know you'd be okay and uh, you'd be. Uh, uh, following Amazon's terms of service. We, we actually, by the way, on our website, we have a tool that tells you, that asks you question and tells you what are the issues around due diligence. So if you were to sell today, what would be the issues? Um, so you can, you can play with that later and, and see where you stand. 100%. Yeah, let's plug that in because that's great. As you're saying, most of the time it's not, I mean, you know that sometimes you're doing gray hat stuff, but you don't know how gray hat yeah. are for your buyer so i love yeah that. yeah love it all right so the way how i see due diligence is kind of like now translated into layman terms um yes. similar to when you're buying a home and then there's yeah. a, an appraisal and yeah. then they're going yeah. to say if it's worth it or not and so on right yeah so, yeah yeah i mean it's it's really checking uh you know checking all the documents to make sure that you're not you're not hiding anything. Okay. So you say you make a million in profit. Let's see your invoices. Prove me that, uh, let prove me that your shipping costs this and that prove me that your cost of goods is actually what you're saying. It is, I can't, you know, just count on what you're saying. Um, so they would look at your invoices. They would look at bank accounts, see that there are no, um, you know, hidden expenses, uh, where you pay someone to buy reviews. I don't know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and they would also get into Amazon's uh, seller central, look at past uh, suspensions and, and see if there are, you know, there are problems that you haven't reported or that you have reported, uh, but they, you know, they, they want to make sure they understand the, the entire, the full picture. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it. So you were saying that sometimes you even might go to the extent that you stay and prepare sellers up to one year. Um, I yeah. think my, my question there would be, let's say I'm not yet the seven figure, but six figure. I'm planning to yeah. be the seven figure and to sell. What are the best practices that I can do now to be prepared for selling? Yeah. Um, so I would do, uh, I would do, uh, I would start with a general understanding on the legal side, what's missing. Okay. Just to make sure that because a trademark, for example, takes a year. 
okay, to, to register. So if you have something missing, you want to start now to, to make sure you're okay. Getting rid of inserts can also take time. It can take like, uh, you know, maybe a year. It depends on how, how large this business is. So start with the, with the, with the legal side. Um, make that plan of, you know, what's your goal? What's your, what's your number at which one number you, you, you want to sell the business? Um, speak with, uh, with advisors to understand where you are right now. What's your current valuations, uh, how far you are from, uh, from, from that exit, from that number. Um, and most important, understand what's, what's keeping you from getting there now. So what, what are the issues in your business? Where do you spend too much? Uh, almost every, every business can be improved. I can tell you that the, the larger you are, the more we can find things that can be improved actually uh, um, easily. Uh, it, it's very hard to find a fully optimized, uh, you know, uh, a fully optimized Amazon business where there's nothing you can do to improve. So very often you can improve your margins by making um, a few changes um, and of course uh, grow the business. So uh, so I would continue with uh, speaking with advisors. So speaking with advisors, uh, making, uh, having your goals, uh, and and imp- and keep pushing the business until until you get there. Yeah. So if I understand correctly, this would be rather an optimization process than adding five more products to hit my goal. Both. Both. Yeah. Both. 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 So very often, uh, the you know you know that you can get um, just let's go back to our example five million in revenue. But then you don't have a million uh, in profit. You have 500K, okay, of profit. So that's 10%, you know, you know, it's low. So you can continue to launch new products and maybe you will get to uh, to a million at some point, but you'll be at 10%. Mm-hmm. And the number of buyers that would buy the business at 10% is not very high. And most buyers would want more than that. Um, any types of buyers, PEs and and strategic buyers and VCs and every type of buyers would want a higher uh, percentage. So yeah, you can you can launch products and you should do it absolutely. Continue to do it, but at the same time, try to optimize that you know that profit margins. Maybe on 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 every dollar you can get more. Um, so that's uh, you know get that ten percent to fifteen percent at the same time. Very hard, uh, easier to say than than to do. But you know, we try to to guide and and tell you exactly what to focus on and how. That's uh, that's kind of the challenge. The podcast is the pathway. So listen to the podcast, take notes, and then the <laughs> hard part when it comes to the hard part to the optimization and so on. This is why we are here. So just reach out and let us know what are you dealing with. Yeah, are there any questions that I should have asked that I haven't? Um, no, I mean, uh, very often you would ask what are the multiples today, right? That's the kind of the, mm-hmm. the, the questions that we were, were asked all the time. Uh, and, uh, and it's not an easy one because the range of multiples is, is insane. Like, uh, it's, you know, it can be two and a half X for, you know, for smaller businesses, not growing so much. And it can be seven, eight X for for the larger businesses sold to uh, sold to strategic buyers, and for the very large one, it can be twelve X. Um, so that's uh, that's the one question I was wondering if you'd ask, and then I was wondering how do I answer that question without knowing what the business is. 
but uh but yeah so uh, I, the answer is it's a range ask ask people ask where you stand um people will tell you i mean any advisor would tell you more or less where you are there are tools to understand but the best is to have a conversation uh show your business under an nda of course my lawyer hat again <laughs> and uh and ask the right question uh they, they would tell you Love it. By the way, that's a really good point, and I appreciate that. And I think that right now that we talked about this topic, I feel that there are way, way more questions. Like you were talking about strategic buyers, about VCs, about so on. I think that also is very important to understand. Probably you're going to be up for a part two of this yes, session, yes. Um, <laughs> where we can really tackle that angle as well. Right now, we just understood, okay, which are the steps one to three and then okay once that you're there which are the things that you should be considering so if you're up to i would love to have you on for a part two wherever i love that i'd love that of course right. let's do it let's do it brilliant <laughs> so before we're wrapping up to be super respectful of your time um i have a few wrap-up questions that i love to ask my guests the first sure. one goes uh, what is your $50 or less investment you recently made that helped you become better at understanding um, how to invest in the right business? My $50 investment? Yes, or less. Hmm. My $50 investment to understand how to, how to make my business better? Either how to make your business better, either how to invest better in a business. Uh-huh. Um, in my case, uh, I'm, uh, I love like audiobooks. I read the uh, audiobooks uh, very often. There's, uh, there's one book that actually sellers have been telling me for years, uh, that they read it, uh, and, and they love it and they, and they live by it. And that's the, the book Traction. Do you, have you heard about the book? Yeah. 100%. So, uh, I love it. Uh, I loved it. I listened to it and then I listened to it again and every time i found something else like that you know can can improve my business and makes me understand the businesses that we analyze uh, better um in terms of investments i make we we actually invested uh, in in a startup recently which was exciting for us it's like it was the first time that we uh, you know we were always looking at businesses that's what we do uh, so it's the first time that we, you know, actually uh, went with it and we went with our guts. That's the, you know, <laughs> at the end, that's what your knowledge and your guts, right? 100%. Actually, this yeah. is leading me into my next question. What are your top three favorite books and why? Since you already gave traction, I'm going to give you a little way to more books that you have and why do you love them? Yeah, I um I read uh, in Hebrew most of the time, so I'm uh, I, I speak French, English, and Hebrew. Um, so the my two favorite uh, books are actually in Hebrew, so it won't tell you that much. But uh, <laughs> um, the there's the Kite Runner. Do you know the the book? Uh, it has mm -hmm. been uh, it has been uh, translated in uh, many languages. Uh, it's not, you know, these are not uh, necessarily a uh, business book. These are the, the books that make you think, that make you uh, make you dream, that make you cry. Uh, so uh, that these are the books that uh, I really like. Yeah, not, not the typical, uh, except for Traction, which was great. <laughs> Uh, not the typical answer that you would get on your podcast. <laughs> no, no, I love all this. 
because I mean, we're human beings. It's like, okay, you're yeah. a business podcast, but still it's like my favorite books are, as you were saying, it's not business books, but I like psychology. I like philosophy. I like books like, I'm just like looking through like Nassim Taleb, um, like the back swan uh -huh. and so on. So that kind of books, you know, that yeah. has, it might seemingly nothing to do with business, but it has everything to do with business. So yeah. your book, I think it's perfect. So that's a good answer. Yeah, I, I like books that touch me here, you know, that mm -hmm. I'm like, I read them like, ah. <laughs> so these are the books that I like. Yeah. 100%. So how can people get a hold of you and the services that you offer? Yeah. Um, so uh, Facebook or uh, or my email, Yael at fortunate.net uh, or Facebook, Yael Kabili. You can just uh, send me uh, a message and hopefully won't get to that uh, spam thing on, on Facebook. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty available on the most, uh, you know, on, on email mostly. Sounds yeah. Brilliant. And services that we provide. Well, we so we help on at Fortunate. We help sellers uh, selling their business, mostly medium and large businesses. So uh, um, that kind of uh, you know help them through the entire process from from the beginning when they think about an exit until the end. Like I said, very often uh, over a year the, before the sale. Um, and at the law firm, we help on the legal side. So. Uh, Everything related to intellectual property, trademark, copyright, patents, um, suspensions uh, generally, and related to IP um, and the contracts, of course. So M and A contracts—that's a classic one. But uh, but any type of uh, e-commerce contracts. Awesome, hundred percent. As you are saying, if you are listening right now to this podcast and you just did exactly what Yaya was saying—that you have the trademark only for one product. Make sure to check her out and to ask, hey, <laughs> am I doing things right? Or do I have a hundred of yeah, products yeah. that have nothing to do with it? So <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show. This was amazing. Thank and you. thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. As I was saying, I do expect you for a part two when we can really get into the gritty of, okay, I'm there. It's time to sell, which are the things that I should really consider. Um, and to you our awesome listeners out there big big love much love to you catch you next wednesday for more fun and learning take care bye-bye thank you bye-bye it was fun sharing this episode with you if you found value in what you've heard please show your love with a subscribe rate and review of the show until next time